can truly, surely, a sigh of relief that 2022 is in the rear view mirror. There was the untimely death of my father and my gangster sister's health crisis and all of us getting COVID and we didn't die. I am here as a testimony to the survival and thriving. No excuses and no patience for pity parties. I'm going to be talking about how to glow up as a podcaster or not. Good black news and words of encouragement and shade if you stupid. What I'm reading, the Dallas Cowboys and other things, football and sports. Pop culture news, donkeys donking and side eye shenanigans. I like the part of the podcast where I talked about over 40 dating and other relationship issues. Quark's Bar, dedicated to podcasts, reality, TV recaps. Join me as I fuss and have a moment as I kick and stomp my way through the next iteration of my life. Join me for this rocking good time. And thank you for listening. To my homegirl, Aquita J. Elmore, Najee. Lift every chair and swing till all them white folks scream. Thought y'all could run up on our black king. I'm glad the squad pulled up, dedicated to knock if you buck. May it resound loud as the rolling sea. Throw your hats high in the air until Unc comes with the chair. Swim the seas until our cousins come and they rescue me. Let this be a lesson to y'all. Remember the Montgomery brawl where white folks fucked around and they found out. Watch this. That is the opening refrain from um, our boy, Ursher. Um, and what a great way to start out woke history. This section is coming, and I'm recording it on Super Bowl Sunday, even though I'm not all that into the Super Bowl this year. I mean, once Dallas got eliminated in that wild card game, I, you know, I stopped stopped paying attention and I just was was it yesterday or day before yesterday that I figured out that Baltimore had actually won no is it Baltimore no it's the 49ers and um uh Travis Kelsey and them from the (laughs) Kansas City but I think it's dope I'm only going to stay awake long enough um, to watch the halftime show. It's been 
lit for the like the last three years. I mean, seeing um, Mary J. Blige's boots walk in by themselves, Snoop Dogg Crip walk. Um, it was just really dope and live. Um, and then Rihanna performing for the first time in years. And why did the halftime show get more views than the actual football game itself? I think this is going to be one of those years where Usher and now Alicia Keys is going to be, it's been confirmed that I, she's going to be joining him um, on the Super Bowl stage. So this is promising to be a pretty lit uh, Super Bowl. And this is goes back to football and the NFL having, and it's also during Black History Month. The Super Bowl or the NFL has had a very um, tenuous um, association with African Americans, even though we comprise a vast majority of the players. I wanted to point that out, but we're not owners or we have partial owners now with Magic Johnson and his team. Um, but we have not had front office representation in every sense, the Janet Jackson debacle and the hit that she took. You know, we've also had a uh, tenuous um, association with African-Americans um, even performing at halftime. So there you go. But I had some interesting facts that I did not know that Usher, who will be performing this year, was the last black artist to make Diamond. That's several million copies sold for Confessions a decade ago. We got a fake beef between little, I'm uh, not little Kim, <laughs> Lord, um, the Barb's and uh, Meg, Megan the Stallion, um, and we got all of these people spitting game um, about um, I'm such a highly prized. I got all these streams and blah 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 blah. But nobody has topped that feat in a decade. And also, Usher is a part, last part of the superstars that actually has had media training, that is a great performer. People forget Usher can actually sing. You got to watch these YouTube clips between him and Contest Vaughn. Um, on um, one of the late night shows, I think it was Jimmy, not Jimmy Kimmel, the other one, the really the funny one that also likes to perform and dance with um, Justin Timberlake. But I find it interesting that what people call performers and what people call singers now is very different from this previous generation of artists. And Usher is one of those. He seems to be Beyonce, Usher, there's certain caliber of performers that are just good and can actually sing. Although I think Usher's voice is much better than Bay's, but 
Don't come at me for that's just my firm opinion. Although her album was dope, but I know it's studio, it's produced. But anyways, also another f not so fun fact. I, because it is um, Black History Month, I started looking up all the representations of what woke is. Woke has actually been weaponized by white supremacists and racists. Um, it basically is when you are aware of racism, um, bigotry, and any other um, any other thought that's going to make you, it's like this hierarchical thought that makes you think that one race is above another. Um, that's what woke is. The symbol of wokeism is the BLM music, um, BLM. Um, it started out um, great. 2013, first hashtag appeared. It was an activist movement started in the African-American community to fight racism, violence, and, the crim and advocate for criminal justice reform. And it's instrumental in the most woke summer of 2020 after the murders of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. They had diversity programs and inclusivity, but unfortunately it dissolved in chaos, um, mired in scandal, and it's also trying to be weaponized uh, against the community, but it's done so much about awakening the activism um, that we have not seen since the early years of social justice movement in the late 60s, which were violent and turbulent times. The young people are going to lead us. I'd hope that we would have learned from the past so we won't make the same mistakes today. It just seems that as BLM came, had started making inroads and got more organized and corporate and went corporate, that's when a lot of the, and when that's the issue was financial, that is what ended or threatens to end such a great reform movement because the leaders basically succumb to fraud and et cetera. And I bring up SNCC because this movement, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, actually started out all-inclusive, and then as the fight became more violent, many of them started to embrace black power, meaning they were over the peace. And this was also the same time that when a lot of the followers, nonviolent followers of Martin Luther King were starting to become very disillusioned. Um, they were tired of turning the other cheek because when they did, they just would get slapped on it. 
So they started to invade a more violent past. A lot of them also started to listen to the teachers, uh, teachings of Muhammad, uh, Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad, um, where the trust in white liberals, there was no trust in them. They just said, and because they couldn't trust them, the integrated nature of SNCC, they said, you got to go. When they were kicked out, I didn't know this, white members were expelled in 1967. And when they got kicked out, they took their money with them. And because they had no support from the liberals anymore, who else was going had to scratch to be able to support the movement? So they had to start contracting. The fight wasn't still over, but because of monetary gain, mon lack of mon money, they could not continue. They start firing employees, closing branches, um, and then in '68. This was 1907, two years prior to that, um, Malcolm MLK was assassinated. Um, and then by 73, they had to disband. Um, James Farmer uh, was an adjunct professor at my, um, um, it was Mary Washington College at the time, but now it's University of Mary Washington and he still has a bust in one of the squares. Um, everybody took that course I still, I think I have my book somewhere, but I did not know all of the history of student nonviolent. And it was just like all of these organizations that their purpose is to uplift our people and to end racism. They <coughs> are under constant attack, but we also got to remember the leaders and the people are still human. They have to be supported not only from a psychiatric or psychological standpoint, they also need to be um, supported from a monetary standpoint and also get the education about how to, the business aspect of running an organization. So it can be, because people are gonna be taking a closer look at you, people are gonna want you to be stellar so you got to have people on the up and up also in your corner to make sure your business is running there for. You can't, sometimes you can't have the dream without the finances and they have to be on order and incorruptible before you can actually see your dream come to fruition and do the work that you set out to do. And I think organizations like BLM and SNCC, we should have learned from SNCC and but we didn't so i'm hopeful that blm is still in existence it has retracted but the work is still going on i just hope they're getting their business together um so they can continue the work that they set out to even prior to 2013 because it's obvious there is still work to do but the finest scotch i can go twice as high so take a look it's in a book a reading rainbow i can't go anywhere first to know and where to grow a temporal rainbow i can be anything 
take a look. It's in a book. A tip for a rainbow. A tip for a rainbow. what and why Bernice King spoke up about Jonathan Majors such a low life he's being portrayed in the media now as a low life woman beater um and I also think he is setting up um the case for if he does if he is convicted or whatever of his crimes he is being set up he's setting up a case of ineffectual um counsel where your lawyer ain't shit and that's what his lawyer is coming off as whoever is advising him is if advising him incorrectly in my opinion but that's neither here nor there what eric's people and why Bernice King, I think she is the eldest child, eldest living child of Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King, is why is she saying his mother is some type of um, accessory? Because what I'm finding out and what made me also download the audible version of her autobiography or biography is in her position as his wife, she was Coretta Scott, formidable, talented, already into the movement. And she, I honestly think, whoever she married, she still would have been great. But it just so happens fate would have her marrying Martin Luther King, player, player, <laughs> is what I'm getting from reading about his life. He was gaslighting Little Mug. She, and she knew how to handle him. I think her background with her own formidable mother, um, I think her mother's name was Albertine, said when you're nothing but breath and britches, that means you are low on intellect. And I'm gonna have to um, use that. Um, when people just low on breath are nothing but breath and britches. And they seem to, even though they were in Alabama, they actually, her family was hard, weren't really all that hard scrabble. Not too long after emancipation, they were able to get in a segregated South multiple hundreds of acres of land and successfully farm it. They, and where they actually, meaning Coretta Scott King and Martin Luther King, actually got married on the farm. It was so funny, you know, the bougie uh, minister with a uh, elementary school education, firmly middle class in Atlanta, initially looked down on Coretta Scott, Coretta Scott as a country bumpkin when she was a um, classically trained uh, opera singer. 
um, had gotten educated up north, and that's where she actually met Martin Luther King, who was still smarting because he was supposed to marry someone else. Also, check this out. I didn't know, I'm learning something every day. I did not know that he dated one and only Caucasian woman, Amelia Betty Elizabeth Moitz. Saw her as a novelty. She went on to be uh, a antiques owner and having three children, marrying a white man. But she also knew if she ever were to marry him, his father wasn't going to stand for it and he was never going to have the support of his community. And I can't see that white girl at that time um, being a minister's wife, unlike today, but it wouldn't have been acceptable. And I don't think um, that was his not his fate. He also dated, he did have a type, well-educated, formidable black women. Jeanne Martin Brayboy from South Carolina. She was actually, that is how, she is how through how he met Coretta Scott because they were in the same program. Um, and it is rumored that he dated her and Coretta at the same time. But that's neither here nor there because we know who got the ring. He had proposed and was also had dated Juanita Sellers, um, his best friend's sister, and that's who his family hoped that he would marry. Um, but since he wouldn't promise that he would come and take over a church in Atlanta, she wouldn't marry him. She would go on to have a very long life, many children, and her family had a very lucrative funeral home. I don't know if they were the actual ones that uh, prepared his body and uh, performed his funeral. Wow. That's a very good question. I just thought of that. Let me check this out. Which funeral home performed Martin Luther King's funeral. Yes. The first moral service after his assassination took place um, the next day at R.S. Lewis Funeral Home in Memphis, Tennessee. The funeral was held in Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. Oh, I didn't know. He was actually, wow, he was shot in the face, just like my father. And they said it's, um, It may, and his friend, Harry Belafonte, may have paid for his funeral. Wow. 
I no, he wasn't a millionaire. He actually, at the time of his death, he it wasn't all that. He had more money than I did, but at that time, it was a lot of money, two hundred fifty grand. Let's see. Lewis and Sons. Who? Which funeral funeral in Atlanta? It looks like it was the Lewis and it wasn't the Sellers. I don't know if they later joined up, but that would have been interesting. I just, that's really sad. Ralph Abernathy, another long-term friend, actually performed his funeral. Oh, this is in April. Benjamin Mays, Capitol Building. Wow. Basically had a state uh, funeral um, but it was in Atlanta and not, and of course it was never going to be in D.C. because they would have never let that happen. However, just the more I read and the more I learn about all of these things, I think the government could have done a good, better job of protecting him. Um, why didn't they sweep the area? They didn't even protect uh, John F. Kennedy. He is one of them. But what he represented was against what those in the government thought. They wanted to keep it status quo, and, they, and at that time they weren't ready for it, and they were going to do it by any means to keep it. They failed to protect the people that could have ushered in a different and a truer and a better America. And if they knew, we, got, we have all of the names of the women that Martin Luther King actually had an affair with. Yes, he was not perfect. But even his mistresses, Dorothy Cotton was one of them. She was actually one of the only female directors of the Southern Leadership Conference, one of the organizations that King was very active in in the movement. They knew her name. They knew about those that liaison. But you mean to tell me y'all couldn't didn't know that the guy, the man that basically assassinated King, even Malcolm, y'all have all of these records, uh, possibly illegal wiretaps, but y'all couldn't protect them from that. Was it a setup? Did you really think the dream was going to die when the main mouthpieces of the movement were to perish? The, it had to change. And you trying to quiet them, it didn't matter. So with that said, your lack of protection and not, did more harm to your racist movement. So, And you can't spin that any other way. Because now you look like the fool because y'all knew it was going to happen, did nothing, and the movement even got further because that compelled, I honestly believe, LBJ to finally do the right thing because we did not want the United States to go up in flames. I mean, it was to protect property, sure, 
but that was partially uh, the Civil Rights Act, partially why that had to go on. So with all of those things said, I, I'm finding it more and more interesting, learning more about the man, because we get the myth so much um, during Black History Month and out throughout African-American history classes, if you ever had the chance to attend one. Um, but I'm also learning about the formidability of Coretta Scott King in her, in her own right and what that means. And it was like they were destined to almost be together. They fit like puzzle pieces together. Even in spite of the gaslighting, even in spite of the cheating, what he did and what he wanted to say, that message was clear. And she basically, until the, her, she took her last breath. That's what she, what was, became her purpose. And she did it magnificent, magnificent, magnificently. And that is why it is just such, it is so disrespectful for people like majors to speak her name in such a derogatory and demeaning way because nobody can be her because she was herself in her own right. So please keep her name, just like Bernice, Miss Bernice said, keep her mama's name out of your mouth because every time you mention it is in a disrespectful manner because you're taking her, you're diminishing her image by trying to use it that she only was herself when she was Coretta Scott King, but Coretta Scott was bomb just as Coretta Scott. So don't get it twisted and know your history, bruh. Welcome to another episode or segment. Um, calling Saturday eating fun. And then I just decided to basically create, see if I could create baked eggs for a crowd uh, that I saw in the New York Times food section from Sunday, January 28th. You can follow along with me. This actually, it's not a hard or a difficult um, recipe, it appears. Um, I inherited uh, old school cast iron skillet um, at my father's death. And he had a whole bunch of them, y'all. But this one I had to basically almost save from extinction because it was in pretty bad shape. It didn't, it looked like it had sat, I think this was one of the many from his garage. Um, I remember that garage when it was less hoarder-like, <laughs> um, but this thing hadn't been seasoned in a while. It had to be scrubbed and I had to, um, take the time, um, to re-season, clean it and re-season it. Um, rust is the bane of existence for anything cast iron. I learned that the hard way as I um, had to 
try to save my um, cast iron grill, which I was able to go on and use it last week in a fit of grilling. It was like spring here in Tennessee. I was able, I was in the pool every day, but my pool was heated. Anything over 60 to me is like a spring-like day, given the fact that we went from freezing cold temperatures to 60, 70 degrees and back down. And it's just been really weird. But I actually had the opportunity if I was, I was at, I work from home, my day job, the job that pays the bills and granted allows me to think of myself as a creator because I have downtime. So I sit and I create content when I get a chance and I'll get to, I'll come back to that in a little bit. And yes, that is me folding up uh, my paper bags from whole paycheck because I actually had to go and get some of the ingredients and replace some ingredients uh, for the meal I'm about to prepare, but I digress. So I basically, ever since I think when I, back in 2008 or no, it was before then, because I did not come to like Sex in the City until I think it had gone off the air. Um, and this is before I saw any of the movies, which I think, actually I know, I never watched any of the Sex in the City movies in the theater. It was, I always watched them on streaming service. And now that I think of it, I watch Sex in the City. This is the same thing with Friends after it had gone off the air and then I watched it when it was still all the episodes and seasons were available on Netflix. But then again, Living Single is my favorite. And again, didn't watch it until it had gone off of air and it also then watched it on the streaming service. But again, I digress. But I had started getting the New York Times uh, back in the early 2000s and it was actually after I had started going to New York um, for um, Race for the Cure. I have fascination with the city itself and then the Carrie Bradshaw of it all and the uh, single girl sports pages, which was the wedding, um, wedding section. So I say all of those things in the cooking and travel, all of those things took a hit during the pandemic but they're slowly starting to come back. I'm not as interested in the wedding um, section anymore because, you know, it just seems like a whole bunch of money. And now that I'm over 50, I'm like, I don't really, I don't think I'm ever gonna get married. I don't even wanna go out on a date at this venture. I'm doing everything I can to actually stay in my house and to be able um, to be safe in my house. But I, again, I digress. But one of the things that has come back has been the cooking section. And 
this particular week, um, the recipe for eggs for the crowd um, caught my eye. Number one, because I'm using the details of cooking in one of my, my teleplays. Uh, one of the main characters is use cooking for herself and um, for the intern that works at her private detective agency. But I'm actually preparing to do this myself and the why of it all. Um, I actually enjoy, I enjoy a good meal. Where is, I enjoy food. I like being around people and I would share it with more people if I wasn't being judged. Um, I post about food mostly on my Instagram, uh, Facebook, and now on TikTok. I follow the noodle guy. I follow Keith Lee. Um, I follow a lot of the restaurants that I go here and I repost what I have. Um, a lot of people yeah. do stuff like that. Um, some do it to show off. I do it because it brings me joy and these things I want to share with other people because I, I have a feeling when people watch these little short clips, it must bring them joy because they watch. I get these comments. It has allowed me to connect with relatives that I didn't even know they knew what TikTok was. I thought they still, one of my uncles, I thought he dude still had one of either a jitterbug phone or one of them flip tops. He does not. He actually is really, I think is really active and it's funny uh, when he comments on, hey niece, how you doing? I'm like, wow, I haven't talked to a lot of my relatives in a while because I've always lived away for the last three decades. But now we actually can connect on something so positive online. And that's why I like this section and that's why I'm sharing it with the audience. I'm going to be slow cooking because I don't want it to burn because I'm going to be using the same spotter again um, ooh, to, if I don't tear up my phone, that is, um, the same spotter again to uh, add the rest of the ingredients and put it in the oven, which I need to preheat right now. Um, I'm using spicy Italian sausage, adding it to the cream and buttered pan and see how this goes and making sure that the eggs aren't too greasy. But I think it's going to be cooking. Also, this recipe is going to take time because I also don't want my eggs um, to burn or cook too rapidly. And I don't want the cream that you actually have to put in here to burn either. I'm gonna be doing pretty high heat. I'm gonna use this convection. And that's the other thing. This convection setting on my oven is absolute bomb. Um, I didn't know about it until I bought this. When I moved into this house, I replaced a lot of the appliances one of them is the refrigerator, um, the dishwasher, because that actually stopped working, and the oven actually stopped working. And so now I have 
um, this LG uh, oven that I'm two years later, I'm still learning how um, to all of the little buttons and gadgetry. I think it also hooks up to Wi-Fi, but I have not figured that out yet. Maybe one day. I don't really need that. Again, that's for if I actually left my house, which I rarely do. So right now I'm just waiting for the spider. Ooh, these are a lot. Two pounds is a lot. Wow. Um, waiting for the pan to heat up that I'm going to partially cook and let the pan cool down a little bit before I add the cream and um, the eggs. And then I'm going to run it in the oven. I got my nutmeg, um, dill weed, and I, and I have some oregano right there, but, and some chives. I could have swore I did have um, some basil. I may have used it all, but I'm also going to use um, some uh, basil um, to top this because it's a, a egg dish that's topped with fresh herbs. I'm going to toast up the um, power bread and I'm going to actually have a really good meal. Um, if you navigate to my Instagram feed, um, Tenfro is reading or TikTok. Um, the cranky TT eating in Chattanooga. I think uh, Chatta cranky TT is whatever my handle is. Um, the link will be in the podcast notes. Um, you can actually see hopefully some pretty good or decent finished product. But a good meal takes time and taking time to butter the pan, um, to let it cool down, probably pour off if there's a lot of excessive grease, so it won't be a greasy dish. All of those things are going to allow me to create um, something I would be proud, wouldn't mind eating. Um, and if I actually like people more, uh, wouldn't mind sharing with other people. And when you create content, I basically have always gone off. I create content because I, I hope it reflects how happy I am or how good it makes me feel. I think it it reflects in what I create. Um, and it also, when I feel this way, inspired to create, I know I still have to work, but it also inspires me um, to find other streams of income that like I'm grateful for my current corporate job, but I'm so sick of being able, you tell me in one instance that you're only a certain subspecialty. Um, I have to have a thick skin, but nobody else can have a thick skin. And I feel, I'm constantly feeling that I'm being picked on a lot and I'm still having to prove myself to a bunch of people that have not been in the game for over two or going on three decades. It's getting old and it's getting tired. And I want to create that type of atmosphere that you can actually get paid a decent wage um, and then be inspired to create 
and never feel that your primary job is always on the line because nobody else around you knows how to support you and are a bunch of punk asses. <laughs> Just, I don't know how to say that. So gravitas and happiness to me, my inspiration and my self-esteem comes from within and my belief, not only my belief in myself, but my belief in God. But I'm glad I don't need a lot of outside influences because where I am right now, I know, I know people are not going to consistently give it if they will give it or they do it in such a way where they will never give you your flowers to you because they think it somehow diminishes them. When if they knew how to treat someone, it can only go to support them and, and um, be of a benefit. But they will err on the side of being um, patronizing, um, insincere, and just outright Karen-like. But each to his own, each to his own. And I, I would only hope that if I leave, that is their loss. I have no... I don't owe them anything. They don't owe me anything. And I don't owe and I don't owe them my dedication. For anything. Because they don't know how to treat people. They don't know how to treat people. I'm gone. I'm get hopefully we'll be able to get to the point. Or I can tell a whole bunch of mugs. Holla at you, girl. Holla at me. And just keep it pushing. And that's actually okay. And I'm going to be okay with that. But. I don't know. The way things are actually transpiring. I'm excited about my next steps. I'm excited that I don't have to stay somewhere where I feel that you're always trying to be made feel that you're not really contributing anything when you know that you are and nobody and you're not respected because they know they don't have to respect you. That to me is sad. But I'm just also glad and grateful that I'm also in a position where I have choices. And I just choose not to stay. And that is, oh, and it has to be okay. And it will be. I always think that corporate positions have a 
half-life. Right around the fifth or the closer to the seventh year is unless you have been promoted or you change departments, you really have to reconsider staying for that long. Unless you own the company or like in the C-suite or part of the C-suite or part of the board, in these, in a lower management position, if you are not growing, you gots to go. And maybe that also is contributing to, I don't feel that I would be able to grow more or even would be allowed to grow more in this position. So I'm okay with leaving, but I'm not stupid. I'm not gonna blow up my check because that direct deposit is nice. And also that also is helpful. Why am I gonna go to a position that's gonna pay less than what I'm making now? Because I get paid a grip. But what if I could be able to make almost triple what I make now, but not have the same disrespect and not always feel, not to feel that you're ever a part of something. Your opinions don't matter until they do, until they can steal it and refashion it as their opinion. But you were doxxed. It doesn't, corporate life doesn't make a whole bunch of sense to me. I think if more people would take their time to be and other, to use other mechanisms to be fulfilled and not leave it up to their job, maybe they would be calmer. Maybe they wouldn't stir up so much drama and stupidity at their jobs. Maybe they should take a cooking course. Or if they can't follow a recipe, follow the freaking recipe. Cooking is relaxing. If you like to, and if anybody is into walking in all of these woods and picking up truffles, holla at your girl. Hit me up. Please direct message me because I have, I feel a truffle recipe coming up. And I have a whole basement that I'm absolutely rethinking because there's actually um, uh, on, I did this when I was actually in um, North Carolina um, where they send you mushrooms in boxes and you can actually grow that stuff. I actually had, did I even, no, I didn't go in my um, garage because it was snakes and big old fuck bugs in there. But I have a whole ass basement that I'm not, I'm underutilizing. Maybe the day will come where I'll put a whole wine cellar down there, but until that day comes, I'm thinking about um, putting boxes, my boxes of um, uh, my boxes of uh, uh, mushrooms down there again. Finding those, being 
astute enough and taken the time enough to find other creative interests would actually make you a calmer and a more well-rounded person. And those institutions that will encourage those things, you will actually not only have more dedicated, um, but sane um, employees, and also a very, uh, just a better overall and well-rounded workforce. You can pay people a whole bunch of money, but they keep doing like dumb shit and making up drama in their departments, they need to find other outlets because they need to calm the fuck down. That is just my personal opinion. And cooking will allow you to do this. I'm actually almost at the end of browning um, this sausage before I add, cool down the oven, cool down the pan um, before I add probably a little bit more butter um and then the cream and then the eggs i'm almost finished i think i got about what another 20 30 minutes to go and it's coming out smells real good in here got a cut on the um vent and then because you heard the ding um, from the oven. It's just letting me know that the oven is actually preheated. I'm actually scared to have it up to the 500 it's recommending because this convection cooks evenly, but it does cook fast. And I'm kind of scared. I don't really want it to be that hot. Um, but it's starting to smell a lot like breakfast time. This is a great um, brunch meal. And Thank you for listening to me vent about corporate bullshit, but I'm actually still having a really good day of creating a good meal that it's only me and my dog. So Ethel's getting impatient. So I'll. And that's it for this episode of Tenfro is Reading. You know, I talked cash-ish all last year. I hope the listening audience will continue to enjoy my opinion and not so subtle shade. I mean, I'm 2,000 listeners per episode in, so go run tell that, haters. I may take it on the road if I get hint-hint sponsorship. Navigate to dalesangelsinc.blog for swag and extended podcast notes. Don't forget to hit like or leave a five-star review. It gets me on top of the algorithms, and it may just get you on my show. 2023's motto is boss up and get the bag. And as always, tell a friend, and thank you for listening.